hope that you have your notes ready. Yesterday was encounters over expectations. Today, I would love for you to write at the top of your page, experiences to exposures. Experiences to exposures. Man, the idea, the understanding, the unpacking of encounters has really just messed me up. And I want to share partly what I was sharing with Pastor Vic last night of what it's done with me and really my marriage. See, here's what you need to understand. And, and, and you probably have your notes from yesterday. And, and, man, I think that there's some excitement from yesterday. And there's some things that God was doing yesterday. But here's the truth already. And just out of the gate, I'm, 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 that yesterday's encounters become today's expectations. Yesterday's encounters will become today's expectations. And if we don't fight to encounter Jesus today, we will come off of a great encounter yesterday and immediately begin to make expectations for him today. And I want to tell you that this is just not a you and God thing. This is a you and people thing. This is a you and relationship thing. The reason that relationships get unhealthy is because you make expectations for the people that you're in relationship with. And most of us will live off of old encounters that we've had with people and we make that the new expectations for them. I'm going to say that again. We will have an amazing encounter with somebody. And we will make that the new expectation moving forward with that person. And let me tell you when it becomes the easiest to do that, when you get married. If you have your Bibles, your phones, whatever you use, I like to say that because, listen, you may not believe this, but if you look at the Bible on your phone, it's still the Bible. Just want to make sure you know that. We're gonna, you, you guys know we're in Luke 24, and we're going to continue on with that. But before, I would love for you to turn to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I want to read a story that I ended with yesterday, but I just want you to see it biblically. I don't want you to ever think that I'm stretching a story. Matthew chapter 
11. I've had some unbelievable encounters with my wife. Now, you can take that as far as you want. It's biblical. I've had some great encounters. Now listen, I know. All the women are like, just tell me you've pursued her heart. I have. I have pursued her heart. Listen. But here, this is, uh, this is just real talk. I think I can do this with college students. You're already thinking it anyways. So, but here, here's real. Here's real. It is so easy to try to recreate a circumstance, an environment, a surrounding because you had a great encounter and you think that the win was everything around that. And so what happens is we, re we, we, we beg for a recreation of an encounter. And so what happens is when that encounter, right, when that expectation looks like, or when that encounter looks like an old expectation, we start, I go, great, this is going to be a great encounter. And then what happens is all I did was make an expectation because things look the same. Listen, can I tell you that just because you showed back up in here and you're in the same room doesn't mean that you are going to expect Jesus to encounter you the same way. That we have to say, Jesus, I want to pursue your heart. Not just keep making expectations because the environment looks the same. The way that Jesus wants to encounter us is different. It looks different. His ways are different. And just so here's John. After I exposed all my marriage issues, my living off old expectations, or really new expectations with old encounters, we do the same thing. We do the same thing. John the Baptist did it. Have you really considered what he said as he sat in prison, verse 2? He was in prison and he heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? Here's what the NLT says, because you know that's what I read out of. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting? Other translations. Are you the Messiah that was to be coming? AKA, are you the one that we've been waiting for, that we've made all these expectations for? Are you him? Listen, he, he's already told everybody that he's it. Isn't that crazy? He encountered Jesus and he goes, that's the lamb. That's the guy. 
And as soon as Jesus didn't fulfill all his expectations, he doubted who Jesus even was. Should we keep looking for someone else? I like that he goes on. I mean, I got my expectations, so now I'm just going to start looking elsewhere. And you got to listen to what Jesus told him. Verse 4. Speaking to John's disciples because he was in prison, he couldn't actually have the conversation with Jesus, which I think is what made him upset. Go back and tell John what you have seen and heard. And then Jesus just quotes what he knew John knew about him from the Old Testament. Hmm. What's happening? The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are being cured, the deaf hear, the dead are being raised to life. And the good news of Jesus is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. Let me tell you what Jesus just said to John. I will bless those who do not fall away when I don't meet their expectations. And he said, it's not about the expectations, it's about who I'm encountering. And he made John lift his eyes to see who am I encountering. John, see what I'm encountering, see what I'm doing. I'm doing exactly what you know that I've come to do. You are upset because I haven't done for you what you thought that I would do for you. And so the way that Jesus works is that sometimes, let me just say all the time, he knows every expectation that you have for him. And a really good father will do what he needs to do to pull those expectations out of you. But I want you to hear me say this. If the expectations don't come out, they continue to just be stuff experiences. The Father wants you to expose, to talk about. He needed John. I believe that he needed John in that moment to see you still have made expectations for me even though you led the way for me. That the greatest thing that John the Baptist could have gotten before he died was a glimpse at the fullness of Jesus, not just the expected Jesus that he made up in his mind. And I know you don't see that as a gift, do you? Just like many of us in Luke 24, let's, let's, let's go over to Luke 24 now, we're going to continue. It doesn't make sense that God would blind them, but the blinding was a gift. The blinding allowed them an opportunity to encounter Jesus, to hear Jesus, the fullness of Jesus. So we're going to keep reading. We're going to pick up in verse 17. I was excited to go on to 17 yesterday. 
So let's dive in. I hope that you're there. Just a quick recap. I know, I know that in case you missed yesterday, we have two guys walking away from the community of God's people and the community of God because Jesus just died and that crushed their expectations of what they thought Jesus was going to come do as their king. And so they were walking, around, walking away sad and Jesus shows up on the scene and encounters them in their crushed expectations. Just like Jesus had done with John the Baptist and just as Jesus has done his entire ministry. Verse 17 says this. He asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short with sadness written across their faces. I just love that Jesus starts to walk with them and the first thing that he asks them is a question about their demeanor, a question about their hurt. Do you know that hurt is one of the two commonalities that every mankind has? You know this because I don't have to come up to you and say, man, have, have you experienced hurt before? That, I think that would be a not wise question. Typically what I do is, man, tell me about your life. Tell me about your story. Tell me about your upbringing. Tell me about some things that have happened. And just like we said yesterday, hurt can be described as it happened that day. If you're curious what the other commonality is, it's music. Please don't ever go up to somebody and ask them if they like music. You don't. What do you do? How do you ask people about music? What kind of music do you like? You know that's commonality. Your greatest conversations can come from hurt and music. That's why music is all about hurt. You're welcome. But here's a lot about Jesus. He's not afraid to hear people talk about their hurt. Can I, why, why are we so afraid to hear someone talk about their hurt? I mean, Jesus just embraced it. He's like, hey, what you talking about? Now, let's be honest. Jesus is God. Does Jesus need to ask them that question? No. The reason he does is he is constantly thinking about the people that he is training so that they can train and they can train and that the kingdom of God can be multiplied in the way that he would walk with people. See, this was what I call a shameless Jesus juke. This is why it makes it so biblical. Listen, I hope you walk with people with the intent in showing them Jesus, but will you stop showing people with the intent of shaving people to Jesus? You know what I've learned? You know the reason we shame people to Jesus? It's because we have identity issues. See, the reason you like to shame people is you have your own issue with your own identity with Jesus. Every time that I've wanted to see hurt in somebody else, it's because I am hurt. Hurt people hurt people. And Jesus isn't afraid to talk about their hurt because he is full 
He knows who he is. He has heard his dad tell him who he was. He doesn't need these people who were his followers to be in a great place for him to be in a great place. We don't like to dive into people's lives because we're afraid that they're gonna expose how hurt they are, maybe how disappointed they are of what God has done. And I'll just say as a leader, it's real, right? You're like, if I don't ask them the questions, I'm just gonna assume that their life is great. But Jesus isn't afraid. In fact, I believe he is begging you to expose every experience that you have had. See, listen, this is what I've I've realized. We love to create experiences. But experiences tend to just be what you take it in as, and then it just kind of gets stuffed down. And God is using Jesus here to say, I want you to go after their hurt. I want you to bring their hurt to the surface. I need you to expose what they have experienced. But God is genius, right? Jesus just shows us, I mean, you you know this about apologetics. Apologetics is not about letting people know how much you know. Apologetics is about asking the right question to help them realize what they don't know. They don't need you to tell them what they don't know. You need them to realize what they don't know. You need them to realize the root of their hurt. You don't need to tell them that they are hurt. You need to ask them about their hurt. And not to be intimidated by hurt. I'm telling you, for, for, for you need to be able. I mean, I'm talking personal here. I'm talking communal. I'm talking as you walk with people and as you allow Jesus to walk with you. You need to expose hurt. Because we have attached hurt to the wrong things. I've learned that really good things get attached or, 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 or we, we attach hurt to good things. Some things, right, they are the problem. I'm not saying that. Sometimes we attach hurt to the wrong things. And we see, I've done it. It's easy to do it. I need for these, this is what Jesus is saying. I need these guys to reveal to me why they're so sad, why they're so hurt. Jesus is so good. By the way, Jesus only does what the fathers already did. And what we're invited to do as we follow Jesus is we are invited to do what God is. Can I tell you, everything that you get is just who God is amazing but think about it when else do you remember that question right a question that God didn't need to ask because he already knew 
but the intent was to draw out and expose their heart. Well, if you didn't go here, Adam and Eve, right? What happened? They ran and hid. And I love this question. God's like, where are you? <laughs> I, I think about this as a dad as I play hide and go seek with my kids, right? They go hide and somehow my, my five-year-old thinks that she can get behind the curtain and I can't see her. So I'm like, where are you, man? You're such a great hider, right? And then I play so long, she's like, well, this is not funny anymore. Daddy, I'm here. Right, and we play these games. Listen, I know where they're at. One funny story is I really couldn't find them. And I forgot that I was playing hide and seek. Vic, this is real. Two hours later, I was doing something else. And they showed up. They said, Daddy, I think I won. Yes, you did. You won. Congratulations. All right. God didn't have to ask where they're at. He knows where they are at. He needed Adam and Eve to expose why they are hiding. Can I tell you that God is not about telling you where you're wrong? God wants you to tell, he wants you to tell him what, why, what you think was missing, what you think was wrong. He's needing us to expose what is in our life. That asking questions is the best approach to reveal the pain behind the hurt. Verse 18. Mm -mm -mm. Then one of them, Cleopas, I'm glad we get his name and not the other person's name. Cleopas replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. Can I tell you that Jesus was okay looking like a fool to ask them questions about their journey. Jesus was okay to live in the awkwardness to say, no, I really care about your life and your story. In Boston, this is probably the number one thing that we get our people to do, is your number one job is to know the stories of everyone around you. If you don't know their story, you do not care about them. If you don't know their story, it's more about you than it is about them. Are they my project or are these people that I really love? And let me tell you, you need to be, you need to be strategic, you need to be intentional. If they're inviting you to hang out, that's not a place to start asking them questions. Maybe it is, but I've learned that if I'm going to ask my neighbors about their life, it's an invitation that I've made to, to do that. So just one recently, I love cooking. I made, oh, that's my man. I made bagels, well, I didn't make the bagels. 
a toasted one, though. With some eggs over easy, some jalapeno cheese, put some sriracha on top, slice up a little uh, avocado. And then the secret is a little bit of mayonnaise. I know, I know, I know. And I say, you know what? I need to invite my neighbor over. Because I want to hear a story. And so we had bagel sandwiches. We had coffee. And I just got to say, man, tell me, tell me about your life. I, listen, we hang out with these. They're, they're lovely, a lovely couple with a young baby. She's pregnant. She's about to have another child. We love them. We love them. And they are not yet believers in Jesus. And I got to just hear his story. Let me tell you something. When you begin to hear the hurt behind people's stories, I believe that you will actually start to walk with people with where they're going. Not try to stop them and drag them back from where they're walking from. Listen, it's, it, it, I'm going to tell you one more story. I'm going to try not to get emotional when I say this, but it's just, it's hurt my heart. I have a guy named John. got excited because John and his wife said that uh, they wanted to come to our church. And I thought, man, that's awesome. So they came to our church and they came back to our church and they came back to our church. And I thought, man, Jesus, this is easy. Here's what I didn't do. I didn't pursue his heart to heal his hurt. Seventy-five minutes, one day a week, to hear the gospel of Jesus may not accomplish the one thing that Jesus is wanting us to accomplish is to, ex is to expose the hurt in the heart. His family has stopped coming to our church. And uh, it makes you not want to be a pastor sometimes. Finally sat down with him. And I said, John, man, I just want to hear what's going on in your heart. And the reason I'm upset, I'm upset at myself. I was so excited that he was coming to my church. I didn't go after the hurt in his heart. 
said, John, tell me your story. I made sure he knew coming into my church has nothing to do with how much I love you and how much I care for you and how much I just want to be your friend. He said, man, tell me your story. He said, my dad was a carpenter. And uh, one of his projects was a Catholic church. He, would have put some, he was, he was going to put some new doors on their church. And this was, this was the church he grew up in. His home church was going to give him this, this job. It really made my dad super excited. And my dad ordered the most expensive doors. And went after the best wood to create the best doors for this church that he loved. church told him, well, we're going to pay you when you're done with the project. My dad didn't care. He trusted them. He built these doors. And as the time got close to put them on, they kept giving him the runaround. And finally, they give him a date to put them in. And he takes the other doors off and then realizes as he's taking the other doors off, all these cars start showing up at the church. And there was a funeral the church decided to have and not tell his dad about it. So then they put the door, old doors back on because they didn't have time to put the new doors. And they just sat and they talked about, man, this, this kind of hurt a little bit. We've done a lot for this church and I feel like they don't really care what we're doing. And eventually the funeral was over and they stayed out all night putting these new doors in the next day no phone calls no thank yous he said Brian and by the way he's not crying this is me he said that's the last time we went to church been hard as a family to, to understand if God's so loving, why aren't his people? He said, of course, John, thank you for sharing your story. And can I tell you, I love him more now because I understand the pain that he is in. People aren't walking away from God's church and God's people just because they're hurt. And I wonder if we care enough about the pain in their heart to join them on their journey to the unrelevant or the irrelevant place they're walking to. I wonder if you're okay to be vulnerable with him and say, I really just want to hear your story. I really just want to hear where you're coming from. I want you to know that I truly care about you.
Jesus didn't care how it would make him feel. Because he knew what it would do for them. One of my latest encounters with God has been this statement. If God is truly on your heart, people will truly be on your mind. Which, by the way, always make sure that even if it's a great wordsmith, if it's not biblical, it doesn't matter. But it's clear in scriptures that we will have the mind of Jesus. And I don't know if you know this, but Jesus' mind thought about nothing but the people that he needed to reveal God's kingdom. The reason why it's so hard for us to walk with people is we have our own issues. We are living off of old encounters and have made new expectations and God's people that he loves that he's put at the footsteps of your gate that he's put in your circle of influence isn't seeing and encountering Jesus because you are his plan to do that when's the last time you were exposed to hurt and when's the last time you've heard exposed hurt verse 19 I'm just going to keep going so good then Jesus says what things okay let's just go back up right you must be the only person who's never or who hasn't heard about all these things and then he goes well what keep talking to me man come on keep going keep talking keep exposing We experience hurt. We all do. So therefore we need to expose hurt. We've got to get beyond the surface of the experience. And here's what happened. We're going to keep reading. It's, I mean, you're going to see it and you're going to go, holy cow. They go, okay, yeah, we'll tell you. Shameless Jesus juke. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said, he was a, come on somebody, prophet. I think Jesus is going, yes. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. He he was a a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and, and, and all of the people. I mean, this We thought he was the one. He was checking off all the expectation boxes until he went to the cross. Mm. Verse 20. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. Here's why I wrote it. Okay, here's the real problem. Jesus died. Here was their expectation. The king that would come would not die. Their king 
their savior, their expected God. This would not happen to the root. They didn't understand the fullness of Jesus. Can I tell you that knowing half Jesus has no value? And you're like, what has half value? Great, great. Take a 20, split it in half and go use it. It won't work, all right? Take a coin, I was sharing this yesterday. Take a coin and take away the tails and go try to use it. Listen, you gotta have the heads and the tails on a coin. You need the full value of that to work. And I just believe, man, we, we, have, we have a lot of people that claim to follow Jesus that really know about half of Jesus. And the other half are your expectations for him. Twenty-one. You ready? Twenty-one. We had hoped he was, do you see that? This is unreal. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come from, who had come to rescue Israel. There it is. There's the root. We thought Jesus was going to save us from physical oppression. you go, where's what I go? So it hasn't changed today. So it hasn't changed today. COVID hits and we think God doesn't exist. Some physical things are happening to you and somehow God is dethroned. Maybe we have the wrong idea of what Jesus came to save us from. We have a sin issue that needs a savior to rescue us from. It is far deeper than any physical issue you have. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. Can I tell you something? Just, just go here. If God would have never blinded them from seeing this was Jesus, they would have never got to continue to expose the things that Jesus needed them to expose before Jesus started to do what Jesus did. Listen, think about John the Baptist. The order is not, is, is not just a happenstance. He needed John to expose his expectations before Jesus got him back to the scriptures. He needed John to get his, to reveal his hurt before Jesus would take him back to give him something for his hurt. Talking about the hurt experience is the best opportunity to expose the root of the hurt. You need to walk with people. Wherever they're walking, stop asking them how far and stop asking them where they're going. It's irrelevant. 
walk with them and ask them about their story. Get to know their heart. Allow things to be exposed. Because if you don't, you're just trying to convert somebody. You really don't care about their heart. If you don't, you really are just more worried about your identity. We have an issue walking with people. Mm -mm. He helped the words of my sorrow. You know what he realized? You just put your hope in man-made solutions. You put, you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. Come on, somebody. You walk with somebody, you know why they're hurt? Because they were putting their hurt, they were putting their hope in the wrong things. You know what COVID has exposed to me? That 99% of people that call themselves believers have actually put their hope in the wrong things. If your hope is in that your church is gathering, you put your hope in the wrong thing. If your hope is in some sort of physical freedom of not having to wear a mask, can I tell you, you put your hope in the wrong thing. If your hope is in a president, can I keep going? You might have put your hope in the wrong thing. And we need people to expose where they put their hope. You need people asking you where you've put your hope. Because what's happening right now should not affect who we are as a daughter and son of Jesus, multiplying his kingdom, having fresh encounters every day with who he is. But I still think we're walking around with our physical bag of expectations. 22 through 24. We're going to begin to land the airplane. And this, these, are, these, these get me still fired up. If you thought I wasn't fired up already. These, this, this story, this story, okay. Then some women, this is what they say to Jesus, by the way. They don't know it's Jesus. This is what they say. Then some women from our group of followers were at his tomb early in the morning. And they came back with an amazing report. Think about this. <laughs> They're going, Hey, so we thought this is who Jesus was, and obviously he's not, he died. But something crazy happened. These, these women that we were connected to, you know, we walked away from the community. They, they went to the tomb and, and came back with an amazing report, verse 23. They said his body was missing, and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Get, get this, verse 24. Some of our men ran to see him. And sure enough, his body was gone just as the women had said. Listen to this. They heard a physical report. They heard a supernatural report. And they heard a confirmed report. And that still did not get them to run back to the community of God. Listen, they don't need you to tell them what your church is doing. They need you to walk with them to hear their story. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
John didn't need. Doesn't need my church. John needs Jesus. You. You need Jesus. You need to encounter the love of a Savior that died for your sin, for your shortcomings, for your brokenness. That's what we need to encounter a Savior that loves us, even though we can't understand the fullness of His love. This is why we have to have faith and trust. Jesus knows more about you than you ever know, and he still died for you. So I, I love when I think about, oh, man, Jesus is so good. He died, he died, he died, because I know how bad I am. And sometimes I hear God's voice say, you know how bad you are, but I really know how messed up you are. And Jesus died anyways. Jesus did not care that he would crush your expectations. He needs to crush our expectations. We need to move from experience to exposures. Let me, let me end with, with this thought. That experiences, here's what they do. Experiences reset our emotions, but exposures reset our thoughts. See, we don't need another experience. We need an exposure. We need to talk about and expose the experiences that we have had. We need somebody help us to expose the hurt that we felt. Stop being led by your emotions. Did you know I thought for a long time? I can get John to experience. What I've experienced, that's good. We do this so much in church, right? We have people that have all sort of hurt experiences and we think if we have a church experience. Listen, this is why this happened to too many of us. You have all these hurt experiences and you come in and have a great church experience and how long does it last? How long does it last? Not very long. Why? Because all it's doing is resetting your emotions. Your, your emotions get reset every time you open up your phone. Come on, somebody. But you know what happens when you expose your experiences? It allows someone into your thinking process. It allows someone into your heart. It allows someone else into your story that can hold you accountable, that can walk with you. You need to walk with people. And you need to let people walk with you. See, some of us have had some great Jesus experiences, but you haven't exposed 
what Jesus is doing in you because somehow you fear exposing what Jesus is doing in your heart. Because somehow you fear that they're going to make you do something that you don't want to do. I don't know what it is, but I believe some people have experienced Jesus but have stuffed it and allowed it to just be an emotional thing. And then you open up your, 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 your Instagram page and then all those Jesus emotions went away and you go, whew, I'm glad I don't have to deal with that right now. We need to stop thinking that experiences are the end. The end is the exposure. Jesus wants you to pull out and to verbalize. We know this is biblical. What's he say? We believe that Jesus is in our heart and then we confess with our, why, why do we confess? Why do we say it? Because he says we need to expose it. We need to bring it into being. We need to get it out. And if that isn't what you are desperately trying to do with those that are not yet believing, then you have an identity issue. There are more Johns than I even care to think about because it breaks my heart. That we won't do our own exposing with Jesus. Listen, if you want to truly hear someone's story and make it about them, you got to have a fresh encounter with Jesus and know that you're good regardless of what they say. I put myself in situations now where I have to encounter God fresh. You know why? Because I'm not smart. Some of you guys are like, yeah, he's speaking from NLT. I can't be a good husband on my own. I can't be a good dad on my own. I'll never be a good follower of Jesus on my own. I will never be a church pastor and a good church pastor on my own. I won't ever be a good friend. I, I know me and I have no shot of doing anything that Jesus says I can do without having a fresh encounter with Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you have a fresh encounter with Jesus. You can't help what to speak what you've seen and heard. You can't help but to speak about what you have seen and heard. Last thing about John. I don't need John at my church to tell him what I've seen and heard. I need John in my life. I think we've written off people because they're not walking in the same direction we want them to walk in. Can we just pray for the Johns here?
Jesus, my heart is broken. I've had it wrong for so long. I I try to create the greatest experience. I mean, I try to create supernatural things, and I try to to have confirmed moments of of Holy Spirit appearances. I mean, I, I try to create the greatest moments and experiences in the name of Jesus, hoping that John's would show up. But what John's need is someone to sit at a table to hear their hurt. Jesus, I pray. I pray. I pray against our idols. That we need people to walk in our direction for us to have value. God, I pray that if we're walking with you, we know we have value. God, I pray that we will break into the hearts, that we would dive into the pain, that we would hear the root, that we would just walk in here and and listen and love and show up and be in their life and love them. God, I pray tonight that there might be Johns in this room. I pray that they would expose their story and trust that out of no other agenda, that we truly just want to hear their heart. We truly want to hear their pain. ask that we would not get tired of pursuing the hearts of your people. God, ask us the questions that you need to ask us so we can reveal where we are at that we can reset our thinking and not reset our emotions.